0: Mindfulness Mode 361.
1: Alkalinity of, of water when it's too high can actually be poisonous to the body.
0: Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Langford, your Mindfulness Mode host and creator and mindfulness life coach. So good to have you here on the show. And if you have a chance and you enjoy the show, please, please subscribe and and you know even leave a review and five-star reviews are always welcome we really appreciate all of your positive reviews on the show and today we're talking about health and you know in my life it seems like there's more and more focus on health and part of it is probably because I'm more aware of the way I feel as a result of eating foods and exercising I have a friend who is vegan and he talks to me about some great vegan recipes there's a vegan restaurant right around the corner from my studio which is outstanding the food is just unbelievable so tasty so incredible and it's called plant matter kitchen I'll give them a little plug it's so terrific and today like I said we're talking about health and wellness but I also want to share with you that I have a way for you to deal with your overwhelm, if you're experiencing any kind of overwhelm in your life. It's a way for you to abandon your inner blocks and let go of the stress that you're experiencing in your life. You can can become more focused and you can raise your personal level of contentment. As a result, you will achieve more and have increased concentration. So what I've done is I've recorded a full-length 30-minute guided meditation called Release Your Overwhelm. Now, it's for the small fee of $4.99. You can get it at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash release. So I hope you get a chance to listen to that and enjoy it and hopefully listen to it many times. So... Without further ado, let's move on to the episode today about health and well-being. I'm sure you'll enjoy my guest, Eva. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we're going to talk about health today. We're going to talk about exercise. We're going to be talking about all things fitness. And it's going to be so much fun to elevate our fitness level through this discussion because I'm here with Eva Venari. And Eva is founder of the Elevate Institute. So Eva, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: absolutely every day
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic eva venari is founder like i said of the elevate institute and she's on a mission to dismantle the status quo of the sickness industry And what a statement that is because, man, a lot needs to be done, that's for sure. Uh, The bio here that I have says, Having spent most of her adult life suffering from all kinds of conditions and fighting for her sanity, she decided to take matters into her own hands. That's when everything shifted and her body went from being the enemy to being her best and most devoted ally and partner. Eva now teaches worldwide how sensitive people can take charge of their well-being and thrive in their lives. And you seem like a person who is totally thriving in your life, Eva. It's so great to have you here. What does mindfulness mean to you?
1: Oh, thank you for having me. And mindfulness means to me anything that I can lose myself in uh, but not get lost in in it. Uh, and, and we kind of go back up on that. I hear a lot of people talk about mindfulness as being aware of every moment. You know, And oftentimes we get into these places where um, we go to work and we forget how we got our keys from our bag in the morning and then actually arrived at our desk. You know, that's that's being mindlessness. Yes. And we can choose to be mindfulness by choosing a different direction to go and being aware of, of you know, maybe there's a new place opening up. So um, but mindfulness to me is being able to get focused and be present in every moment. And it doesn't have to be through meditation or through anything that's um, guided. It's just a matter of being there and choosing something different than you chose last time. Uh, So you don't get into habits. That's, that's really what I call being mindful.
0: And where did you come up with the name, the Elevate Institute for your business?
1: It was downloaded. It was something that when I went through a, a rebranding process, uh-huh. it became very clear to me that in going through my own program, that certain parts of my mindfulness, my awareness, my gifts, as some people might call that a sensitive or a shaman, um, developed after I Got rid of the toxins and was able to have more energy to process, to think, to feel, to get into the body, and that process is almost what people might call enlightenment. And so, to elevate your body, elevate your mind, elevate your soul—it just, it all seemed to, to come together into this elevate institute, and that's where it came from. Just was it was downloaded.
0: Right, right. Well, tell me about some of these sicknesses that you've gone through. Tell me what you, what you did to get through this painful time in your life.
1: And it wasn't just a single moment. It uh, started out as a child when I had itchy skin, itchy, itchy skin and didn't know why. And then my mother would take me to the doctor and and the doctors would say over over the course of time, you know, well, maybe she's just got dry skin. Oh, maybe it's a fungus of some kind. Just put some lotion on it. It She'll be fine. And that was a symptom that they were just trying to cover up. And I call it the hunt and kill method, you know, the allopathic Mm -hmm. way of medicine. And it wasn't solving the problem. And nobody could seem to put their finger on it for me. But I ended up with um, problems with my uh, cycle, you know, in in Mm -hmm. early um, adolescence. And then as I became an adult, I was told I was infertile. And then that turned into hypothyroidism. And then that turned into all of the... um, the diseases that are invisible and incurable, the incurables being chronic fatigue, anxiety, insomnia, depression, fibromyalgia. Doctors have told me over the years, I'm sorry, Eva, we don't know why you're getting fibroids. We don't know why you have IBS. We don't know, um, but we can write you this prescription. And it took years and years, and it took more than 20 years to research and find what I now practice and teach, and that's nutritional balancing.
0: And so do you now know that your nutrition was off even as a child?
1: Oh, absolutely. So what we've come to know, and that's the practitioners, you know, as, as a group of people, we, we've come to realize that through analyzing hair, so I take a little bit of your hair from your head, and I can see by looking at the, um, what's left over, this is the discarded parts of your body's intake, okay. um, how the relationship of minerals in your body are creating the energies. And in looking at that, you can tell, um some very interesting things. And they are the imbalances are passed from mother to child in the womb. So we're not born perfect the way that we imagine that we are.
0: So wait, wait, you can actually with the naked eye look at somebody's hair and you can tell things about their body and their well-being?
1: Well, there are some people who do just that. They, they actually pluck the hair and they look at the root level. But I'm talking about cutting the hair from the scalp and then it's about an inch's worth of growth. It actually gets sent to the lab and it's digested right. and broken down. And given we have 22 different levels of minerals and toxic metals and we look at those levels to read about the relationship of minerals in the body and see where the energies are.
0: So why did you have problems with your skin when you were a child? Did, did you actually find out the specific reason?
1: Well, th- that's the hard part about um, how we're conditioned to think about, does, you know, any kind of symptom is we want to find out what the, that root cause is for certain We want to put our thumb on it. But really under that, there's usually another underlying problem. And so while oftentimes we can attribute Um, Like I mentioned earlier, doctors were like, well, maybe it's just a fungus or something growing on the skin.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: It really comes down to an imbalance of minerals that make up the skin. And so whatever that recipe is, if there's an imbalance in there, then we're going to be susceptible to disease or the growth of something that shouldn't be there. And and the detox process of being on a nutritional balancing program based on your, your hair mineral analysis is all about a natural, ongoing, very gentle detox where you don't have to be in control of the detox and tell your body, okay, now's a time for that liver cleanse. Now's a time for the gallbladder cleanse. It just knows it has its own priority and it goes about doing its work.
0: So detox seems to be a bit of a trend. Is that true?
1: It is a trend. It's something that I have to retrain and re- and overcome what people have already learned about it. And I remember when I one of the one of the things I stumbled upon early in my, um, my own recovery was a detox chelation that was, uh, IV, IV detox chelation therapy. And that proved to be more harmful to me. So initially it'll pull out the toxins, but the whole reason why the toxins are there is placeholders kind of like a spare tire is put on a car when it's blown its tire Mm -hmm. and you remember the donut tires that used to be solid rubber right okay they're smaller and they function to some degree they'll get you to the place where you need you know your tire store um, but the car is going to perform less ideally and the same thing happens with toxic metals in the body so Mm -hmm. you don't want to just pull the toxins out you want to coax them out By giving the body the preferred minerals it actually needs
0: so let's talk about these toxin metals where do they come from and what are they
1: well we just live in the world and we're not going to be able to get away from them uh in our environments but uh and the test doesn't show every single toxin that we are exposed to it just kind of shows a list of um maybe six or seven toxins that are um that we can work with and, and kind of get an idea of the trend. Like, are you dumping? Dumping is is our as our term for getting rid of. our, is your body actually detoxing these things? Is it getting rid of them, um, or not? And it, it's the way to see the trend. But the ones I look at: um, mercury, lead, cadmium, nickel, aluminum. Um, those are the basics. So we look, and arsenic. So we look at those and we can figure out from your environment where they're coming from. A lot of times there's arsenic in rice. I don't know if really? a huge amount of arsenic in, in, in rice because of where it's, where it's uh, grown. And the uh-huh. water itself is toxic. And so naturally, the rice is going to absorb whatever is in the water that it's growing. And we then ingest it. So like a good tip, rinse your rice a lot, at least 10 times before you actually cook it. Because I see an arsenic as a buildup in the body all the time. It's one of the big ones I see on the test, along with mercury. And then you've got that, and mercury is very common in large body fish. Right. And so, eating sushi, we see that come, we see the, the mercury high on tests there as well. So, there's a lot of places where we're exposed to toxins. And if we just know about it, we can at least manage our exposure. And that's part of the education.
0: And so, do you avoid canned tuna as a res- in order to uh, not get mercury?
1: Well, this is a great question. It's an it's awesome subject because I, for years, have avoided tuna just completely, no, no tuna at all, because it's known for having high mercury content. So I went to the Natural Products Expo last year, and I stopped at the, I think it was the National American Tuna Stand, and the owner happened to be there. And I looked at him, and I says, you know, I tell my clients not to eat tuna at all. I says, can you help me understand what's going on with the mercury content, why tuna is such a problem? And he kind of had a very passionate 10-minute monologue at me, and he just shared this simple thing. He says, if you can find uh, canned tuna that is line-caught, so actually fishermen on the back of a boat with a single line and a hook lining for tuna, those tunas are smaller. So the smaller tunas, um, they don't contain as much mercury. So they actually have more selenium in them. And he's explaining all of this. Now, that's, that's my, my mind as I'm a scientist in that nature. Selenium is one of the minerals that we look for on the test. This, I know it's something that helps the body detox naturally. And I was all over it. I said, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So if there's more selenium than there is mercury, then that the body is going to be able to adjust for it. So, yes, if you can find on the cans of tuna where it says line cot, not the circle cot, but the actual hook, single line cot, uh, those I, I, I actually eat myself. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Well that's yeah. good to know well being mindful about what you eat is a is a huge and important practice in our lives and there's so much to know and I want to ask you about the alkalinity of water and I know that a lot of people say they drink alkaline water Tell us what this all is all about and should this be a concern?
1: Well, on hair tests I can see how the body's processing, uh, it's minerals. That's that's the whole point. And alkalinity of, of water when it's too high can actually be poisonous to the body. It's interesting. Um, certain parts of the body, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm giving a concept and then I'll kind of bring it back down to the answer of the question, but certain parts of the body need to be acidic. For example, your stomach and your brain. So to just simply carte blanche say, oh, the whole body needs to be alkaline is incorrect because as I mentioned earlier, we have recipes for each body part. The skin has a recipe. The organs have recipes. Uh, they, they, they contain those minerals. So to get, to obtain the certain alkalinity or acidity for that body part uh, is determined by that body part, not by the water that you drink. So it, it, the body part is made up of those minerals. It's the mineral content that matters more. I just say keep keep your water simple, spring water, carbon-filtered water, it's fine. <laughs> don't right, need to get sure. crazy. But what, what I have seen to support the whole, whole conversation, I've had individuals who come to me and they want to start the program and I cut their hair and we look at their test levels. And then in between that and actually going through and, and doing the consultation with them, it takes a couple of weeks to turn around the hair test. Um, they'll inform me, oh, I just, they got all excited. I just bought myself uh, an alkaline water machine and I'm so excited I'm going to be able to have healthy clean water. And I says, well, if you want to do that, you can, you can try it, but I don't recommend drinking that exclusively because what happens is between that first test and the second test where they've been drinking the alkaline water is you can see, I mentioned the word dumping earlier that when the body gets rid of the mineral, it dumps. So we can see raise all of the levels, every single level on the test raises. So this is basically tricking the body into getting rid of those electrolytes and the naturally balancing minerals that we need by saying oh you're alkaline already so i don't recommend drinking that hundred percent of the time if you want to drink it once in a while you can risk that for yourself but i don't um and it's not sustainable so that's that's how i think about it and i i don't recommend it
0: and what do you have to say about the fluoride that's added to water in a lot of municipalities
1: well, that one I'm not happy about either. In a lot of them, I think it's it's everywhere, isn't it? It's, uh, I think even, so. Yeah, even in the well water. So it's one of the minerals that I don't test for. It's one of the toxins that I don't actually test for on the, on the test. But it causes fluorosis, which is the crystalline um, crystallizing of the pineal gland in the brain. And and a bunch of other symptoms can come as a result of that, um, including plaque on the teeth. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that, that come up with it. Uh, I would love to see us stop getting medicated without our permission because that's what's happening, um, through our water supply. And Mm -hmm. there are some filters that will take out most of the fluoride. I, I know of a couple of them, one in particular that's supposed to do a really great job and that's the Berkey water filter. Um, and I don't make any money for recommending it. I just, I, I know it works really well. So, and they're known for, getting rid of the fluoride so yeah if you can find water that doesn't have fluoride in it, even well water now uh, I'm seeing can have some levels of fluoride in it it's just everywhere it's prolific
0: I didn't know that well water could have fluoride in it yeah isn't that amazing well I want to know about um, making sure that you eat some sort of culture like from yogurt or something like that every day is it important to do that so that the health of our stomach is where it should be
1: well, so th- this is also another great topic that I, I love to get into is because the flora is for the gut, not so much for the stomach. Okay. And the stomach is where we want to be digesting. So you want a good digestive aid for breaking down food into what I call is the monopeptide. It's that the smallest molecule that you can get out of it. So you can pull all the minerals out of that, that food, and the body can use it. Um, but the flora of the gut, it's just like with the alkaline water. Um, you can try to grow a plant somewhere in, in a, you can try to grow a fern in a desert, but it's going to die. So what I'm trying to say is you want to have um, the, right, the right and appropriate mineral balance that will support the growth of flora all on its own. And it's not necessary to eat cultures every day if your mineral balance for the intestines, that recipe I was talking about of the minerals that make up the intestines, are appropriate. Um, So while they're good, while you are healing the gut, they're not necessary for life and for digestion.
0: I put flax and chia into my smoothie every day and the one I make for my son uh, and greens and some other things. What else should I be adding to it?
1: Well, less water. So um, depending on how viscous it is, you want to keep it more like a a, a clump because the the more water that you have in any smoothie – The more diluted the digestive juices are in the stomach. So, that would be my, my biggest suggestion. Okay. You could add berries to it and yes. uh, they don't have a lot of the fructose. You know, fructose is another big topic of discussion in with my clients. Um, they think, Oh, fruits and vegetables eat how, however many, uh, six to seven servings of fruits and vegetables. And it ends up being six to seven servings of fruit. And I'm like, no, no, no. We need <laughs> vegetables. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of sugar in fruit.
1: <laughs> it's that fructose. And here's the important part. If you're doing a detox protocol of any kind, it's your liver that's doing all that heavy lifting. So where does the fructose get, get processed through the body? It's not through the gut. It's not through the intestines. It's not through anything but the liver. So if you want the body to stop detoxing, eat some fruit.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. And if you want to detox, you're going to get not eat any fruit then.
1: That, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so
0: tell me more about detoxing because that's something I'm not that that familiar with.
1: Well, It's something that our body automatically does. We're designed to rejuvenate. I think we all inherently know that, but we don't always remember the grandmother's wisdom of go to sleep on time. Make sure that you rest throughout the day. Get enough to drink and water. Get enough to eat. You know, it's like be mindful. All of these things, they add up to that stress. if If we decide not to be mindful, then I see the effects of that stress which is the effect of imbalance in the body as the body not detoxing. So it's important to get into that place of homeostasis. I'm calm. I, I feel coherent between my mind and my heart. I feel like you know what I'm I'm not doing things out of resentment or I'm not doing things because I have to. I'm doing things because I want to and I love to and and I have the job that I love and I feel like I'm in service to humanity and I feel grateful for what I'm doing. All of those things, if if they're not top of mind, if they're not your first priority, then you're putting yourself into a place where you are, are what I call sympathetic dominant. This is a place where you're always stressed and your body constantly puts out adrenaline and this is when you find yourself trying to stay awake every day by drinking several cups of coffee and then trying to go to sleep at night by drinking several cups of wine and this happens for a lot of people I know I see that same expression of oh my god that's me um, on, when I when I explain that to a lot of people I mean, and at some point you get into a place where you're hitting a brick wall and you notice that extra cup of coffee doesn't work that additional glass of wine no longer keeps you sustained in a feeling that you're you you're looking for. So it's about getting into that very calm, relaxed state in the body, not so much emotionally, but it's in that body, feeling supported, um, where the body automatically goes into detox mode. And that happens mostly at night when we sleep. That's the reju- right. rejuvenation cycle, yeah.
0: And speaking of being calm and relaxed, do you meditate?
1: I do. Um, I meditate many different ways. So I, mean, I think for every, there's no one right way to do it for every human being. There is you know the perfect way for them, and it's about that self discovery. You got to find it and feel feel out what what you like. I uh, took a couple of courses with Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he he does a lot of change your mind, change your life type things, and uses yes. law of attraction and. I appreciate all of that. And and I also understand the whole empty your mind. Um, But I play flute. And this for me allows me that breathing, you have to breathe in, it's a Mm. a wind instrument. And uh, playing the music and playing what I love, that is my meditation. So that's something that I really take advantage of.
0: Wonderful. And being a school music teacher, I know that the flute uses more air than almost any other wind instrument, except maybe the tuba. <laughs> and you really do have to breathe properly. And so many of my flute players would be you know, hyperventilating, you know, they'd be like, oh, I feel dizzy, I have to stop. And yeah, it's all about the breathing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it really is. There is the the, the practice of breathing for meditation. They talk about taking that, that initial deep breath in all the way into the stomach. And you have to do that to play the flute. Um, and then you let it out in very slow, long terms. And I think that is so very relaxing. It just feels good.
0: It does. And what's your form of exercise?
1: I like to walk. And dance. So I'm, I'm a dancer. I've been dancing my whole life. I was a gymnast and then a tap dancer, and I did acrobatics. And um, I just enjoy moving. And so for me, I like to go out salsa dancing. You know, bur- bur- what's it called? Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name of it now. But like tango, and I like well, to.
0: Well, salsa dancing is great exercise, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, Eva, I always ask a question about bullying and how that ties in with mindfulness. Do you have a story you can share with us where, you know, mindfulness would have made a difference?
1: Absolutely. I was married for four years. Mm, It's been a long time. (laughs) But I married somebody who would would be considered a bully. And yeah, the domestic violence, it wasn't... um, physical. It was that emotional and and mental abuse that I simply didn't have the tools um, in my, in my mindfulness box to understand how to deal with. I just, I figured I'm a nice person. Everybody should be nice to me regardless, you know, regardless. And this person, you know, he decided he was going to take advantage. And I wished that I had been more present of mind to that lack of coherence between the brain and the heart, because I knew walking down the aisle, Mm-hmm. And you know what? I probably shouldn't be doing this. And I did it anyways, because the invitations were out, people were sitting there and I was like, oh, my God, how embarrassing is this going to be? And I was 20. I was I'm young. Sure. I didn't have the experience that I do now. I would not put up with the things that I put up with to in order to go through with that. So in hindsight, you know, if we don't learn from our mistakes, I don't know what good they are. Uh, so <laughs> make them young, I guess. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that would have been great to be able to, to manage that situation better, to be more mindful.
0: Right. As we move forward in the interview, Eva, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just right. quick 30-second 30, 30 answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life?
1: There are so many. And, and the first one that pops to mind is, is, uh, is, is Dr. Joe Dispenza.
0: Okay. All right. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? We've already talked about it a bit, but can you sum it up?
1: I'm more in touch with them and less afraid of them, and I love that our emotions are governed by our thoughts, and I can back out of anything and not be fearful of my own emotions, so yeah. Uh,
0: I like that. How is breathing? a part of your mindfulness practice. And you already told us a bit about that as well.
1: Yeah. Breathing is a big one because if we're not conscious, if I'm not conscious of my breathing and I notice there's shallow breaths going on, that automatically triggers my, that sympathetic dominance. And I think my body goes into this panic mode. So I can remember to breathe.
0: (laughs) Uh, If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what book would that be?
1: Uh, I like this book. It's, it is related to mindfulness. It, it's um, not as religious as it sounds. It's by Greg Braden, and he has one called The Secrets of the Lost Mode of Prayer. And it's all about people getting together to meditate to reduce the, uh, not not the whole book, but the portion of it that I love so much is about if you get 1% of a population in an area to meditate at the same time on peace, then the crime rate goes down. That's just an example of the things he talks about. And then I know it's amazing.
0: mhm I like that. The Secrets of the Lost. Would you repeat that?
1: Sure. Secrets of the Lost Mode of Prayer.
0: Right. The Lost Mode of Prayer by Greg Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll put that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. So Mindful Tribe, yes, you can uh, check check the show notes and find out more about all of these things. What about apps? Do you recommend apps that would help with mindfulness?
1: Well, we talked about water earlier and it's so easy to get caught up in our day that we forget to drink and hydrate our body and yes. and water the body like a plant, you know, and I used to have a full-time job as an architectural rep. So I worked with beautiful people and beautiful places to build beautiful places and I would go and visit those individuals and I had an app on my phone. I still do and I use it. It's called water your body. And it will remind you to drink water. So it sounds like a cup of water being filled up, you know, and I would be in the middle of conversation with my clients and I'm doing a presentation and you'd hear my phone go off. <laughs> and if I didn't have water in front of me, they would go out and get one for me and bring it to me. And then they would, they would bring it for themselves. So it, it, it was contagious. It affected everybody. It was a lot. That
0: is funny.
1: I recommend that as an app for everybody.
0: So how much water do you think you drink a day?
1: Well, while I'm going through a detox protocol, while I'm on you know, full force with my own program, I recommend three, three full quarts every day to keep that kidney flushed. If you don't keep the kidneys flushed, then it, it causes problems with uh, all kinds of things. But <laughs> um, otherwise, depending on how hot it is and how much you exercise, how much water you lose, between two and three quarts is, is about average.
0: Okay. Well, that's that's good to know yeah it is very tricky sometimes to remember to have enough water but I want to ask you about intermittent fasting because I know that that's something that a lot of people talk about these days is that something you recommend
1: uh- It it, it depends on what your goal is. For for my own program, it's not necessarily a a great idea because I'm looking to add more nutrients and minerals throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But for those who are looking to change the metabolism, lose a little bit of weight, it can be useful. Um, But just be careful of what that does to your metabolism. So if you're noticing after a couple of I would guess within a week you should notice whether you're feeling worse or better. Um, If you're feeling better, great. But if you're starting to feel worse, you may have an imbalance that is hijacking your plan to lose weight. So that would be when I would say, test your hair, find out what's going on.
0: Yeah. And how would someone test their hair? I mean, I mean, obviously through you, but tell us how we would do it.
1: It's really simple. Um, I offer a free hair test kit. Through my website at theelevateinstitute.com, just sending me a, a quick request. Hey, Eva, can I have my kit? Yes, and I'll put it in the mail to you. And then that gives you a full instructions of how to prepare your hair, how to cut the hair. You put it in a little envelope that's provided. It's even has a, a, a scale to measure how much hair. With an intake form, it's just it all walks you through the whole process. You send it back to me. I process it. It takes a couple of weeks for me to get the results back. And it's really really simple.
0: I'm fascinated with this, Eva. I think this is so awesome, and I'm going to repeat. Your website—it's theelevateinstitute.com. So don't forget the word "the" on the front. Theelevateinstitute.com, and you can learn so much more by going to Eva's website and even send your hair in. So that is great. Eva, (laughs) this has really been fun talking about all of the mindfulness connected with health and well-being. And I think we've covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, we (laughs) have. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for exploring this with me. It's a lot of fun. I love to see the connection between mindfulness and nutrition. It really makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks again. And you have a great rest of your day. Bye now. Remember what I mentioned at the top of the show the release your overwhelm guided meditation for $4.99. Abandon your inner blocks, surrender your stress, and become more focused with the calming sound of the waves and reminders about how you can release your blocks that are holding you back, download this full-length 30-minute guided meditation at mindfulnessmode.com release. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.